Hi, I'm Lane Jones, and I'm your host on today's podcast. And today we're talking about student ministry with my friend, Britt Kitchen. Britt has practically grown up in the student ministry at North Point Ministries and now runs the whole show. So Britt, first welcome, and uh, tell us specifically what you do for North Point Ministries and how you came to that position. Thanks, Lane. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, Yeah, so I am currently... I guess the uh, NPM student director overseeing middle school and high school. Um, this started uh, 17 years ago uh, as an intern. Uh, I'm the intern who never left. I'm like a fungus. <laughs> they can't get rid of me. Uh, yeah, I wrote a letter to Andy Stanley saying I'd like to be an intern. And um, and that worked? No, I, I got turned down. Okay, I didn't good. get I was about the to job. Say, I would like no. to think our standards were higher than no. I just wrote a letter. No, okay. it didn't work. And good. it took another year of networking. Okay, and then I <laughs> uh, was an intern and uh, almost right place, right time. Uh, as at the time, I, I started just in middle school and North Point was one guy and his assistant and me, the intern. And the assistant left halfway through the summer and there was plenty <laughs> of opportunity. Uh, then I finished my undergraduate right when... North Point said, hey, let's try this thing called a campus, and mm. will you go down and figure out what that means? And so went down to Buckhead Church, the first partner, and learned everything that meant as right. we learned what it meant to equip and resource campuses. And after doing that for seven years, we realized, hey, we should have some central people. Um, and I had experience being on the other end of the equation, so I moved into a creative role with uh, middle school, and after doing that for a number of years, became the middle school director, and then just recently, now all students. So helping train, equip, coach all of our teams. Wow. And very, very busy. About 6,000 students every week, uh, middle school and high school, with probably twice that many actually involved. Yeah, that sounds uh, about right. Um, you know, we've got several churches here in the Atlanta area and pulling off Sunday environments and taking students off to camp and worrying about mission trips and mm. and coaching up volunteers. It's it's a fun job. Keeps me out of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> well, as I said earlier, we're going to talk about student ministry, but more specifically, we're going to talk about what every student pastor wishes his or her lead pastor knew about student ministry. Now, when we talked about this topic, you gave me a really big idea that you want lead pastors to embrace. Ta- talk about that idea. Yeah, I really feel like the next great ideas for reaching the next generation are going to come from those who are working with the next generation. That if you're trying to find innovative ways to reach, uh, you know, others, reach others in your community, reach the next generation, you need to go talk to the people who are already doing that work. Um, that student ministry really is a great laboratory for trying new ideas for, hey, you're wondering how this um, production element would work. You're wondering, would this be an interesting way to do group curriculum? Mm-hmm. Go try it in student ministry. Hmm. You know, it's. The students are are very open to new ideas. If you want to try a new special event, a different style of teaching, um, student ministry is the great laboratory for finding out do those items work without the risk of putting in a big church and what are what will the adults like it. Students love the new ideas, and in fact, your student pastor wants to be the pioneer. He'd love to uh, partner with you and pioneer those new ideas. Your your youth director or your youth pastor. they're the ones who are usually getting excited about trying something new. So I would go to them and say, hey, can we experiment some stuff together? Can we try some new ideas? And that's what's really going to rev them up and get them excited about partnership uh, with you as the lead pastor. Um, I've always had kind of a theory. Tell me uh, what you think about my theory. I've always – a lot of lead pastors are former student pastors. Mm-hmm. They, they begin there and move through. And I wonder sometimes if – 
they just default to what worked for them back in the day. Yeah, I think you're right. We we see that. We see um, youth pastors get promoted to lead pastors, and then yeah, they are really opinionated about mm-hmm. what should be doing and should be having student ministry. Uh, and yeah, that's the double edged sword. The good news is. Uh, Student ministry is a great learning ground, uh, proving ground for pastors to, to cut their teeth and to learn. The flip side of that coin <laughs> is that sometimes a lead pastor does look back and say, well, I remember how I did it. And, right. uh, and many times they're right. Uh, but also, uh, just because you're right or maybe know the better way to do it, it's usually helpful to let a student pastor try some things and fail and give them good guardrails so they don't drive off a cliff. But, you know, let them try some things and experience a little bit of frustration uh, trying to implement their ideas. Yeah. My son was a student pastor for about seven years, and one of his lead pastors kept coming back to him saying, you really need to run Night of a Thousand Wings. Night of a Thousand Wings. It was just this big thing, and it was all about getting a bunch of chicken wings in the building, and somehow kids were going to come out of the woodwork. So uh, he never did that. But anyway, it was some great idea, probably in the 90s. Well, um, someone's going to try it now because this podcast yeah, that's is right. going to be yeah. the next big so, thing. So we're going to bring the 90s back, Night of a Thousand Wings. Uh, Britt, you gave me three areas where this partnership between the student pastor and the lead pastor really can either succeed or struggle. Um, one was in strategy, uh, one in innovation, and then one in personal development. So we're going to talk about those three. So let's uh, let's start with the strategy. Yeah, I think the biggest frustration a student pastor feels is when the strategy of the student ministry doesn't line up or is at odds with the rest of the church. Mm. Um, they feel a frustration because they're trying to do small groups or they're trying to uh, have one program a week or be the place where all the kids hang out every night of the week. Uh, but that's not what the church is doing. And so they recognize those frustrations, maybe before some other leadership do because they're in the trenches. But they don't know where to go with that frustration. They don't know who to communicate that to. They don't feel like they got the influence to make the changes between them and children's ministry or them and big church or them and the Sunday school model. And so they wind up getting frustrated. I think it leads to a lot of burnout. So it's not so much they're doing student ministry in a way the lead pastor disagrees with. It's they're being expected to lead one strategy, whereas the church as a whole has a completely different strategy. Right. So oftentimes, um, once again, because student ministry is a great laboratory to experiment, maybe a leadership team says, let's try this whole small group thing. Well, mm-hmm. we'll test it out in students and it starts going well. Well, then we're a couple years down the road and the student minister is saying, hey, this is great and it's working, but I'm at odds with the rest of the church. The rest of the church is still doing Sunday school. So it means the adults are attending service, going to Sunday school and they don't want to stick around to volunteer in student oh, okay. ministry on Sunday morning. Um, or maybe they've decided, hey, for student ministry, we're going to be the place to be. We want the building open every night of the week. We put in a basketball court and a climbing wall. We've got this great facility. We want mm-hmm. students here every night of the week. But none of the other church ministries <laughs> are open. They're all only Sunday, but the student staff is asked to be there every night of the week. And so they're starting to recognize those tensions. Or maybe there's a tension with just the space. Like, hey, it's growing, and I need, you know, the large group space is easy. It's the small group space that's hard. Right. And, you know, for small groups to work in student ministry, they have to have four walls. We're always looking for four walls for every single small group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when they run into those frustrations and what do I do with that, you know, is every inch of this building being used optimally uh, at all hours? And they get frustrated when they feel, okay, I'm doing a model and the rest of the church isn't doing the same model. Or I've started to innovate in some areas, but I'm bumping into the strategy of children's or adult ministry, and I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Or as you said, there's 
something in the model that's a competing system for volunteers or for space or, or whatever right, it is. Right. So the Sioux Mystery, you know, uh, they're doing Sundays and Wednesdays, but the rest of the church only does Sundays. Mm. You know, that's it's a tension. And right. maybe just acknowledging for everyone, hey, I know we're asking the student staff to do another program a week that no one else does. Sometimes that's enough just to acknowledge what the tension is. So the desire is really a consistent strategy across the organization where students really play a clear role in that strategy. Um, one of the things that you talked about was a real heartfelt desire, you mentioned it earlier, that a lot of student pastors feel to be on the cutting edge of innovation. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so your student pastor, he or she really does have a front view for the future of engagement uh, for all the people you're trying to reach, all age groups. Um, this this really means that student ministry can be a great laboratory to experiment with what might work uh, for all the other ministries. Um, hmm. You know, you want to try something different with social media. You probably shouldn't start that with the 70s plus Sunday school class. Well... Maybe not, but Facebook is still active. Yes. I mean, yeah. So, um, you know, you want to try something different with social media or or program, a digital platform. Um, you're probably not going to start that with young children. We right. don't want to go to the crawlers class with our new digital platform. <laughs> but go to the student minister and say, hey, how can we partner together? Where can we experiment? What resources would you need? Because you can also do things a little cheaper in student ministry when you do these experiments. You know, mm. we talked, Elaine, about was it failing uh quickly or experimenting cheaply and yeah. how, finding s- small areas that you can experiment with to learn a larger lesson. Right. Well, student ministry is that place to go try the small test scale items, social media programming, uh, teaching style, curriculum, to then implement larger in the church. So, Britt, how does a lead pastor go about making this happen? So, I think it's your one-on-ones, your meetings with your student pastor and being open with the things you'd like to see tried out, uh, giving them the room to go fail a little bit, but then make sure you're dissecting it on the back end. Uh, what failed, what worked, you know, mm-hmm. uh, on the back end, going to get the feedback from the whole student team when it comes to, well, does that social media platform work for adults or is it just going to be a student thing? Uh, really closing that feedback loop with your student department is what's so important. The partner together to try new ideas uh, to ask them what's working and what they're seeing about how students engage because the students are really um, an opportunity to see what the future is of the church and what the future of engagement looks like. And the last thing, uh, Britt, that you had told me that a lead pastor needs to be realistic when it comes to the personal development of the student pastor. Yes. And as you mentioned, so many uh, lead pastors were s- former student pastors. And, and that's the great proving ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think well, even in North Point Mystery, so many of the lead pastors came from student ministry because student ministry is this great area to go learn how to lead a church because mm-hmm. your student ministry is really a small version of the larger church. Yeah, well, true. Because, you know, the student pastor has to uh, budget. He's got to, he or she has to lead leaders. They've got to provide wise counsel to students, vision cast, at times called defects, unfortunately, uh, find ways to teach, uh, book bands, plan large events, baptize students, uh, come up with a logo, manage a brand, engage <laughs> in social media. I mean, like they, you said, it's pastoring a small church. Yeah. They, you know, are, are handling baptism process and figuring out how to do those videos. So they're experiencing almost everything you'd have to do if you're running a whole church. Now, you and I know no one's going to be good at every one of those tasks. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, your relationship with your student pastor is such that you can talk about areas that they're great at and areas they need help with. And I think it'd be great to have the conversation between a lead pastor and a student pastor be one that they can 
honestly talk about, hey, I'm not good at all these, and I need your help in some of these. Mm. For lead pastors say, yeah, I recognize you need help in some of these areas. We can help develop you. But also, maybe we can give you some support. Maybe we can find ways to assist you. You know, uh, the first time to call defects is scary, mm. you know? And it's tough when you uh, – I had, you know, just came up with a great game where a kid gets hit in the face with a pie. But then after that, I got to co- go call defects and, and talk about a, a terrible situation with the family. Uh and so coming alongside a student pastor and acknowledging, yeah, I know that's tough. Yeah. Um, and knowing that they're not going to be good at every single aspect of that, and that's okay. Once again, this is the great proving ground for these future leaders. Um, acknowledge the unique challenges they face. Uh, help them grow in areas that they are skilled. Uh, and, you know, help them figure out how to delegate uh, things that they're not great mm. at. Um, you know? Telling the youth pastor, hey, I know it's tough figuring out how to do counseling in the early years. We're going to have someone from our care department um, show up on the last night of camp and just be there to help talk to leaders. Like, that would be helpful, you know. Uh, to, hey, this is an old series from Big Church. I know you're behind on coming up with the content. Y'all want to try pulling this off, right. you know, because their job has got so many pieces to it, and they're not going to be good at every single one. Uh, and so I guess the challenge is ultimately to have that good open conversation with your lead pastor about, hey, I'm good at these. I need help with these. But the least pastor, at least acknowledging, yeah, we're asking a lot of you. Yeah. We're asking a lot. And I, I don't have a pass-fail mentality with every single aspect of your job. Talking about those one-on-ones, talking about that development side, what are some questions you would encourage our lead pastors who are listening to ask their student director or their student pastor? Well, the number one thing, I think, is to figure out what is the best model for our church in our area for student ministry? What model do we want to go after? So you're talking about model for student ministry. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of times student pastors burn out. I, the number that's thrown around is 18 months uh, before they've moved on to something else. And I think a lot of times it's because candidates for jobs don't know what model they want to do. And a church hasn't really sat down and think about what model student ministry they're trying to pull off. Whether that's, you know, the traditional model of Sunday school, uh, whether that's the, hey, we got something for everyone and we're going to have band and theater and sports programs and and chorus and we're going to just have every interest here at the church. Or we want to be the place where all the kids hang out during the week and we got this great building and we just want them all here because we're going to have a cafe and we'll be open every night of the weekend. Or do we want a master teacher model where we're going to do the big show and there's a stage and we want all the kids in the community right. to come here. Or we're going to do small groups. Or some sort of hybrid model of those. You know, I would call North Point a hybrid of small group and master teacher. Mm. Um, and so occasionally people show up and you talk to them about what type of mystery they want to do. And they want to be the guy who drives the van and goes to the bowling alley with all the kids and they know the kids themselves. Well, that person with that desire to do that style of student mystery shouldn't show up at a master teacher church who's wow. looking for the Pied Piper who's going to have hundreds of students in the room. That's a bad fit. Yeah. Uh, so, or, you know, someone who says, you know what, I, I'm, there are churches out there who want to do Christian theater and we want to be the something for everyone church, but we went out and we hired someone who's more to the traditional model. Mm-hmm. And so I think a leadership team and elite pastors got to be real honest about what type of model do we want to do in student ministry? And is that what our candidate when you're hiring or once you've already hired someone, is that what our staff that we've hired, is that what they're skilled at? Is that okay. the type of model they want to do? All right. So get clarity on the model. What what else? What other questions? I think it's good uh, to talk in your one-on-ones about what areas of mystery can I help you grow in leading? That goes back to the, their job being so tough and be so well-rounded is, 
can we get the, if I'm a lead pastor, I want my student pastor to self-identify mm-hmm. the areas they're having trouble in or the areas that they're inexperienced in or don't feel confidence in. Try to help them recognize the areas that they could grow in. I think that's a, such a healthy conversation to have. But you've got to handle that. So was Lee Pastor. Yeah. To get someone across the table to, to open up and say, hey, yeah, I'm actually not good at this. That's a tricky thing to get to. Uh, and it may take time. But it starts with saying, hey, I know your job is is got a lot to it, a lot of different aspects. Um, but I'm here to, to support you. I think they need to talk about uh, competing systems at the church and when they need to address or relieve the tensions Mm. between ministries. Like I said, uh, we're asked to open up the building on Friday nights and Saturdays and Sundays because we want kids to be in our cafe or our our basketball court here at the youth building. But no one else on staff has got to work that many weekends, you know. Um, So just go ahead and ask them what obstacles are we putting in your path or what competing systems are we? Right. Hey, I'm I'm trying to find a bunch of volunteers, adult volunteers to lead groups, but we have adult small groups or Sunday schools at the same time. Right. That's that's broken, you know. Um, And finally, I'd want to talk with my lead pastor about, in your mind, what does success look like? Six months, 12 months, 18 months, like – Let's go ahead and start dreaming about the future. Where are we trying to get to? Every ministry, every aspect of the church is alive and moving and going somewhere. Are we going where we want student ministry to go to? And clarify those expectations. Right, right. It's okay to have expectations as long as we're both clear on what they are. You know, it's unfortunately I hear the story all the time of a leadership team or a lead pastor having unreal expectations about how quickly they think the student ministry is going to grow. It's Hey, we're a church of 500 adults, and I think we should have hundreds of high schoolers at our church. <laughs> well, that's nice to think about. Because uh, every adult has three, three yeah, high schoolers yeah. at home. Yeah. Uh, but we know from around here, I mean, that a really successful youth ministry is probably about 10% of the Sunday attendance is showing up in the youth ministry that week. Oh, wow. So if there's 500 adults in big church, I think if you have 50 uh, middle school and high school combined, that's successful. Wow. I mean, that's that's around here at North Point. Um, we've had a lot of success recently, and ours run a little bit higher than that. But I think for your a good standard is if you're seeing ten percent of Sunday attendance show up in your your youth environment, that youth team, that that uh, student pastor is succeeding and doing well. So you just hate when you hear the story, and unfortunately, I hear it too often from youth pastors, is that a leadership team has come in and said, hey, in six months and 12 months, we think X is going to happen. Yeah. And it might happen, yeah. but from uh, looking at the trends that we've seen years over years, it's not likely to happen. Yeah. But to your point, if that is your expectation, you need to go ahead and tell them because you know they they can't hit what they don't know about, and even if they can't hit it, they need to know what you expect out of them. Yeah. You see too often a student minister and the lead pastor, their relationship deteriorate over time right. because neither one of them is being clear about expectations and frustrations. Mm. And then all of a sudden, a youth pastor moves on for the next big opportunity and a youth group uh, has a major setback. Right. Uh, and could it have all been avoided if both sides had just been more open and more honest in the one-on-ones? I like to think so. Mm. Well, Britt, as we wrap this up, I want to give you just a second to uh, to really just talk to the lead pastors that are out there listening. Give them a word of encouragement from your seat. Well, I would think for a lead pastor, um, too often there becomes this competition between big church and student ministry. And um, there might be a gun host student pastor out there who's 
feeling like they have a competition with big church. And that doesn't have to be the case. That in, in a perfect world, when it's, when it's working correctly, student ministry uh, can make big church stronger. And we've seen in North Point's history, there are periods of time that student ministry growth has driven big church growth. At the same time, the opposite is true. There are times that big church growth has been fueling the student ministry mm-hmm. growth. And so when it works well, it's two powerful ministries fueling one another, uh, playing off of each other. And those two roles, those two jobs can be the same thing where they partner with each other and play off each other to help make a bigger impact in their community uh, with what they're trying to achieve at their church. Well, Britt, thanks so much for joining us on the Lead Pastor Podcast and for investing in lead pastors really all over the country. And thank you to our listeners. We hope that this conversation has helped maximize your leadership. 